It's time for Spiritual Awakening Radio. My name is James Bean with you every week at this time on HealthyLife.net, the positive talk radio network, exploring the world of spirituality, comparative religion, saints and mystics, world scriptures, spiritual classics, and the path of the masters. On today's program, for the most part, I want to delve into the Syriac mystics of the East. Now, some scholars have made the case that the Syriac mystics were a major influence upon the Sufis. The Sufis, in turn, were a major influence on the Sant tradition of India. So thus, through the Syriac mystics, we have an actual connection between East and West. Sufis and the Syriac mystics, and they embody something of Gnosticism, Christianity, or the Judeo-Christian tradition of mysticism, and Neoplatonism. So thus we have a direct connection between East and West. The Syriac mystics are very advanced, have a lot of spiritual wisdom. I love reading their writings that have recently been translated for the very first time into contemporary English by Professor Sebastian Brock of Oxford University. We'll delve into some passages. First of all, however, I want to share a couple of things from the Philokalia and a couple of other sources of Christian mystics to show that there is indeed an advanced tradition there, an advanced school of mysticism that once thrived in ancient times. This is a passage from the Philokalia, a collection of Western mystical texts featuring Evagrius Ponticus, a mystic from Egypt, popular both with the Syriac tradition of Mesopotamia and, of course, in Egypt, and on Mount Athos as well in Eastern Orthodox mysticism these days. Evagrius once said, Prayer is the laying aside of thoughts. Prayer is the laying of, aside of thoughts. If then you wish to behold and commune with God, who is beyond sense perception and beyond concept, you must free yourself from every impassioned thought. Persevere with patience in your prayer and repulse the cares and doubts that arise within you. Try to make your intellect deaf and dumb during prayer. Then you'll be able to pray. A bit of a sensory deprivation there, focusing within, transcending the world of the five senses. Dionysus was an interesting Syriac mystic. He said in diligent exercise of mystical contemplation. Leave behind the senses and the operations of the intellect and all things sensible and intellectual, that is, all things pertaining to the world of the mind and the five senses that pour in stimulus from the outside world. He says, and all things in the world of being and non-being, 
that you may arise by unknowing towards the union as far as attainable with him who transcends all being and all knowledge. For by the unceasing and absolute renunciation of yourself and of all things, you may become born on high through pure and entire self-abnegation into the super-essential radiance of the divine darkness. So that's an interesting paragraph, you know, about tuning out the regular consciousness of the world of the five senses and tuning out of the mind a kind of sensory deprivation and rising above body consciousness in order to experience what it's like to exist in another way on another level which he calls radiance of the divine darkness or unknowing unknowing is another kind of knowing by tuning out the regular consciousness of the waking state is revealed another state of being a mystical state of oneness with the supreme being this is from saint gregory palamas of the greek orthodox tradition those who have been cleansed through following the path of stillness are counted worthy to see things invisible undergoing, as it were, the way of negation and not forming ideas about it. That sentence ends in almost a Buddhist sort of way about not becoming attached to concepts. You know, that's rather interesting. There is another kind of seeing, another level of existence that these mystics were advocating that human beings, while alive, could access John the Solitary on prayer from the Syriac tradition. God is silence. There is a silence of the tongue. There is a silence of the whole body. There is a silence of the soul. There is a silence of the mind. And there is a silence of the spirit. St. Isaac of Nineveh once said, We pray with words until... The words are cut off and we are left with a state of wonder. In some translations, it's astonishment. In the Gospel of Thomas, also from the Syriac tradition of the East or Eastern Thomas Christianity, one of the stages of spiritual development is being caught up in wonder or being astonished. In the Syriac tradition, there are different levels. There is the level of regular petition prayer and conversational prayer. But there comes a point where prayer ceases and one is left in a mystical state. Now, some of the Syriac mystics speak of the manifestation of the divine light of the Supreme Being. And that's one of the upper states of Gnosis in the tradition of the Syriac East. So they have different levels of contemplation that the mystic can enter into and pass through and ascend beyond. And that's quite fascinating to notice. There is a methodology. They did have a system 
that's fairly sophisticated and does remind me a bit of Kabbalah, Santmat, Sufism, and Gnosticism. There is a sophistication there, a mapping out of states of consciousness and an ascension of the soul back to the Supreme Being once again. Sebastian Brock, scholar of Eastern Christianity and Syriac saints, he has translated many wonderful texts of Eastern saints, such as St. Isaac of Nineveh, Joseph the Visionary, John of Delyatha, Abraham of Nathpar, Materius, so many, St. Ephraim the Syrian, John of Apamia, Jacob of Sarbug, and others, and wonderful books such as the Syriac Fathers on Prayer and the Spiritual Life, the Wisdom of St. Isaac of Nineveh, a garland of hymns from the early church that includes some samples from the Book of the Odes, referred to by some as the apocryphal Book of the Odes of Solomon, books like the Luminous Eye, and many others. Sebastian Brock is a wonderful scholar of Syriac saints, and I've spoken with him. I've uh, spent some time with him. And he was saying some amazing things about St. Isaac the Syrian, also known as St. Isaac of Nineveh, describing St. Isaac as a Nestorian mystic, now, Nestorian Christianity is classified as heresy in the Orthodox world, but people so valued his mystical insights, whether they agreed with his theology 100% or not, he actually became one of the top, most widely read Christian authors in Eastern Christianity, and even to this day remains one of the most popular mystics studied by monks atop Mount Athos and in other monastic communities. Even though he was a Nestorian, he was just so well-liked, had so much wisdom to offer that he actually has transcended denominational barriers and borders and boundaries and has a following, is admired as a great author, a giant of mystical wisdom in most all of Eastern Christianity. The textbook and pulpit notion that all Christendom is divided between the Greek East and the Latin West overlooks an ancient and still continuing third stream of tradition, Syriac Christianity, the great-great-great-grandchildren of the Apostle Thomas, the Apostle of the East. Cut off from the rest of the Christian world by theological controversy in the 5th century, Arab conquest in the 7th, and Mongol invasions in the 13th, Syrian Christians continue to celebrate the Christian mysteries, to meditate on scripture, and to apply its teachings to their lives. Some of them attempting to realize here on earth their baptismal potential to re-enter paradise or Eden, chose a life of asceticism and single-minded devotion. Their reflections created across the centuries a rich literature. Some passed into the Byzantine tradition, some remained completely unknown, and have never until now been translated into a modern language. 
These Syriac fathers offer the modern heirs of both Latin and Greek Christianity new and yet ancient and enduring insights on prayer and the mystical life that's mostly based on the back cover of a book called The Syriac Fathers on Prayer and the Spiritual Life, translated from Syriac Aramaic into English by Professor Sebastian Brock of Oxford University. The Syriac Fathers on Prayer and the Spiritual Life is a very special book containing the wisdom of mystics who lived between the 4th and 8th centuries AD in Mesopotamia, Syria, Persian Gulf, Turkey, Iraq, in that zone, in that area of the world. The Syriac Fathers on Prayer and the Spiritual Life is such a special book, I think, one of the most interesting uh, books in the Christian mystical category. It's quite unique. It, to some extent, reminds me of the Nag Hammadi Library, Corpus Hermeticum, Philokalia, and Dead Sea Scrolls. In that, it is an anthology and sampler of saints and mystics of a distinct, unique community that once existed. And it's just a, an amazing collection of writings. The tip of the iceberg as well, I should add, because this tradition of Eastern Christianity, the St. Thomas Church of the East, has a vast treasure trove of literature. In the West, the Gnostic writings came to an end after the fifth century. You know, and certain things get found from time to time, a burial box containing the Gospel of Judas or the Nag Hammadi discovery made near a monastery in Upper Egypt, and other collections of writings found near monasteries, Coptic monasteries of Egypt containing ancient writings, the Gospel of the Book of the the Book of the Resurrection of Bartholomew the Apostle, or the actually I should say the title of the book is The Book of the Resurrection of Jesus Christ by the Apostle Bartholomew. You know, all of these unusual books that are very similar to the Nag Hammadi Library. And that's all very fascinating. But in the East, you have a vast treasure trove, several different collections of writings uh, along the Silk Road. There's some from China, the Jesus Sutras, the Manichaean writings, all of these wonderful Syriac saints and mystics. I mean, we're talking several hundred books, most of which are totally unknown to the Western world, and are just absolutely wonderful. You know, all of these treasure troves of wisdom, you know, like 20 or 30 or 40 Nag Hammadis, you know, a couple dozen Dead Sea Scroll or Corpus Hermeticum-like collections, you know, and almost nobody knows about it. They haven't had a cable, TV, or satellite network special calling attention to them. They just never have gotten the PR that they deserve. And uh, so I, I want to delve into the wisdom of these Syriac mystics on today's edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio. St. Ephraim the Syrian once said, Truth and love are, are wings that cannot be separated. For truth cannot fly without love, nor can love soar aloft without truth. A quote from St. Ephraim the Syrian found in 
the Syriac Fathers on Prayer and the Spiritual Life. A wonderful collection of books that uh, contain uh, the wisdom of this very otherworldly group of monastic souls, including references to inner light and sound, ascension beyond the body, experiencing a glimpse of the new world or the kingdom of God within, the manifestation of divine light, some of the secrets of the saints and the path of the masters, you know, turn up there in their mystical practice as found in those beautiful writings. Look at God within yourself, how God is light, for his nature is glorious, many splendored light. He manifests the light of his nature to those who love him in all the worlds. Said John of Dalyatha, one of my favorite Syriac mystics. There's a beautiful book called The Book of Steps by an anonymous mystic found in the Syriac Fathers. And of course, vast amounts of St. Isaac of Nineveh. And I think I would have to say that my most favorite of all Syriac mystics would be Joseph the Visionary, who was born into a Zoroastrian family sometime around 710 AD. He eventually joined a monastery and became a hermit in this tradition and left behind a considerable number of writings which have remained untranslated until recently when Sebastian Brock started working on them. Some of them can be found in the Syriac Fathers on prayer and the spiritual life. The single eye, singleness of vision. Thus, as a result of recollecting all these things, the impulses of the mind are extended from the sphere of material things toward those impulses which are without limit. That is to say, wonder at the new world and the faculty of vision which belongs to the contemplation of the Holy Trinity. For when the vision of the mind is mingled with the light of the glorious Trinity or Godhead, all its impulses become infinite. For none of the visionaries or Gnostics is able to distinguish the identity of the mind as a result of the vision of that glorious light that is seen. For all the innermost chambers of the heart are filled by that blessed light. And there are no shapes or forms or anything material or number or color. Rather, that light, who cannot be separated out into shapes and forms, is single, owing to the simpleness of the faculty of sight said Joseph the Visionary. Translated by Sebastian Brock in the Syriac Fathers on Prayer and the Spiritual Life. A mystical state of consciousness, of oneness with God, caught up in wonder and astonishment, living in the infinite light of the Godhead, the flowing light of the Godhead, as Matilde of Magdeburg once described it as in her spiritual classic of the Western world, Once Upon a Time, caught up in 
rapture of the divine light, suggesting there is a tremendous depth in these Syriac fathers, and also a kind of ecstatic poetry that reminds me of Rumi sometimes. This is a tradition of love for the beloved, ecstatic poetry, as well as out of this world, glimpses of heaven. You're hearing Syriac Fathers on Prayer and the Spiritual Life today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. After the break, we'll explore some of these these sacred texts of the Syriac Fathers and delve into their meaning. Stay tuned for more Spiritual Awakening Radio coming up after this brief break. to the Syriac Fathers edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio, the saints and mystics of the Syriac East today, for the most part. I may get into some Nag Hammadi and other texts as well here, but mostly the Syriac mystics. O mystery exalted beyond every word and beyond silence, who became human in order to renew us by means of voluntary union with the flesh. Reveal to me the path by which I may be raised up to your mysteries, traveling along a course that is clear and tranquil, free from concerns of this world. Gather my mind into the silence of prayer, so that all my wandering thoughts may be silenced within me during that luminous converse of supplication and mystery-filled wonder. Sounds more like meditation or some kind of contemplative state than just conversational or petition prayer, does it not? That's a reading from the Prayers of the Mystics section of the book The Syriac Fathers on Prayer and the Spiritual Life, translated from the original Syriac Aramaic into English by Professor Sebastian Brock. Sanctify me by your mysteries, illumine my mind with knowledge of you. Make your hope shine out in my heart. Hold me worthy to supplicate for it. O God, my Father and Lord of my life, illumine your lamp within me. Inner Guidance The Silence Speaks Volumes This is from another collection related to the Syriac mystics of the East. The Dakin Nestorian texts, sometimes referred to as the Jesus Sutras, of Eastern China, from the same group from a later period, another collection of writings found in Eastern China. To be pure and still 
means to be open to purity and stillness. As a result, you can intuit the truth. Detach yourself from what disturbs and distracts you and be as pure as the one who breathes in purity and emptiness. This state is the gateway to enlightenment. It is the way to peace and happiness. That's from the Jesus Sutras, from the Chinese branch of the Syriac mystics of the East. This is from the Syriac Apocryphal Acts of the Apostles, from the Acts of St. Thomas in India. Probably one of the most famous and earliest of Syriac books. To be glorified art thou, the Father Supreme, born of thy firstborn, in the silence and tranquility of meditation. Gospel of Thomas, saying 108, He who will drink from my mouth will become as I am, and I myself shall become he, and the hidden things shall be revealed to him. Book of the Odes, the Syriac Book of the Odes, translated by Sebastian Brock. Open your ears, and I shall speak to you. Give me yourself, so that I may also give you myself. Abraham of Nathpar, one of the Syriac mystics. There is a silence of the tongue. There is a silence of the whole body. There is a silence of the soul. There is a silence of the mind. And there is a silence of the spirit. From the prayers of St. Isaac of Nineveh, in the prayers of the mystics section of the Syriac Fathers on Prayer and the Spiritual Life, published by Cistercian Press. O mystery exalted beyond every word and beyond silence, who became human in order to renew us by means of voluntary union with the flesh. Reveal to me the path by which I may be raised up to your mysteries, traveling along a course that is clear and tranquil, free from the concerns of this world. Gather my mind into the silence of prayer, so that all my wandering thoughts may be silenced within me during that luminous converse of supplication and mystery-filled wonder. St. Isaac of Nineveh. A paragraph that bears repeating because it's referring to the highest God as being at a level of silence beyond sound. The earlier description I shared also from Joseph the visionary spoke of God being formless. So God, the true God, as experienced by the mystics, is described as formless, being beyond shapes and forms, and is the ultimate pure silence, 
beyond all sound. And that very description, that belief that the Godhead is formless and beyond sound, is shared by other schools of mystics as well, who refer to God as the nameless one and the soundless one, the formless God. That's a shared belief. The saints teach that, and we find it in certainly the Nag Hammadi Library, the Gnostic Gospels, and we find it here in the Syriac texts as well. You're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio. Coming up next, after the break, we will delve into more teachings of St. Isaac of Nineveh, as translated in Sebastian Brock's amazing collection known as the Syriac Fathers. And I will crack open another book of St. Isaac of Nineveh, a very rare book, although it is now online for free. You can access it for free on the web, I see. A text called The Book of Grace by St. Isaac of Nineveh. You're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio. Stay tuned for much more coming up. As I mentioned to Professor Brock during a phone call once, Joseph the Visionary is my favorite Syriac mystic he has translated in his wonderful book, The Syriac Fathers, on prayer and the spiritual life. Joseph the Visionary, what a name, right? A visionary. Create eyes in me, and so I may see with your eyes. For I cannot see with my own eyes. May my mind travel inwards towards the hiddenness of your sacrifice, just as you have traveled out into the open and been co-joined to your mysteries. At this moment, may I be totally forgetful of myself and remain utterly unmindful of my own person. May every bodily image be wiped away from my mind's eye, and may you alone be depicted before the eye of my mind. And now when your spirit descends from heaven upon your mysteries, may I ascend in spirit from earth to heaven, said Joseph the visionary. May I ascend in spirit from earth to heaven, my mind's eye, contemplating the divine. If thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Put into practice, or illustrating how it once was understood, in the Syriac East, that idea 
was not a metaphor about intellectually understanding something and seeing the light, but a literal seeing of light. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This is kind of nice. This is also from Joseph the Visionary. Create in me a pure heart, so that your holy power may reside within me, so that through the power of your spirit I may, in a spiritual fashion, inhale your salvation. Fashion in me, Lord, eyes within my eyes, so that with new eyes I may contemplate your divine sacrifice. May I draw near to you, and you alone be seen by me. May I not perceive anything else that is next to me, but may I walk in the house of prayer as though in heaven already, and may I receive you who live in the highest of heavens. May my body be purified by you of every image and form here on earth, and may my thoughts be cleansed by you, and my limbs be sanctified by you. May my understanding shine out, and may my mind be illumined by you. May my person become a holy temple for you. May I become aware in my whole being of your majesty. May I become a womb for you in secret. Then do you come and dwell in me by night, and I will receive you openly, taking delight spiritually in the Holy of Holies. Joseph the Visionary. Using the word majesty like Rumi did in some of his poetry. The Holy of Holies, the innermost part of the temple where God is. The Temple of Jerusalem. Illustrating in its construction, as many temples have attempted to do or illustrate, the human body and how that the human body is the true temple of God. And in the very middle, that's the, the holy place. That's the place, the section where God is the Holy of Holies, the inmost self. Valentinus of Alexandria once said, When the Father who alone is good visits the heart, he makes it holy and fills it with light. And so a person who has such a heart is called blessed, for that person will see God. Valentinus, kind of paraphrasing a saying of Jesus found in Q and Thomas and the New Testament. From the Book of Grace by St. Isaac of Nineveh, courtesy of a collection known as the Ascetical Homilies of St. Isaac of Nineveh. Faith in Christ is living noetic or spiritual light. And blessed is the soul which is accounted worthy to see it. saying of Jesus from the Gospel of Thomas. 
the Coptic Gospel of Thomas covered, or rediscovered, I should say, covered up in the sands of Egypt for many centuries and unearthed back in 1945, along with 49 other texts. Contemplate the living one while you are alive, lest you die and seek to see him and be unable to see. There's a great book by a scholar, April DeConnick, a book called Seek to See Him, inspired by this verse from the Gospel of Thomas about visionary mysticism and divine light. Seek to see him. Contemplate the living one while you are alive, lest you die and seek to see him and be unable to see. As it says in the Gospel of Philip, also from the Nag Hammadi discovery, if you don't find the light now, you won't find it in the other place either. Mystics teach that salvation is for the living, and we have to reconnect to God and the heavens and our soul and the divine light and the divine sound now. We need to become one with it, latch on to it, become attached to it, tethered to it now. In order to continue with that into the next world, into the afterlife. If we're not doing it now, why should, just because the body is rotten, that become a reality in the next life? If we are illiterate in life, why would we automatically become a genius in the afterlife, right? What's found now is found then. And for those of you who are familiar with the poetry of Kabir, you recognize a few of those sentences as right out of Kabir, a certain Kabir poem. Seek to see him. And that's what the path of mysticism is about union with God right now, during this life and beyond. If it's so wonderful, why wait? Why put it off? Seek to see him. Stay tuned for more Spiritual Awakening Radio coming up after this break. Welcome back to Spiritual Awakening Radio, today exploring the wisdom of the Syriac mystics, along with a few other quotes from other orphan collections of scriptures and spiritual classics of the Western world. I say orphan scriptures, orphan spiritual classics, because they're out there floating on the internet or sitting in libraries, on bookshelves not really claimed by any particular group or tradition or movement these days, not really too known or appreciated. So I call them orphan writings, orphan teachings, not really claimed by anyone. But in search of readers who will benefit from their wisdom. If you'd like to read for free, some of these Syriac writings that are online, you can access for free on the web. 
I've been researching that as of late and updated the Syriac section of my e-library not long ago after finding a bunch of new titles, books of Sebastian Brock and the ascetical homilies and writings of St. Isaac of Nineveh, other things too. If you'd like to get links to the Syriac books, send me an email. My address is james at spiritualawakeningradio.com james at spiritualawakeningradio.com or send me a text at this number 508-603-9381 Visit my website. You'll find links there to daily spiritual quotes you'll find at my sites at Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and other sites. Links to podcasts. There is a donate button that takes you to PayPal for those who wish to support this program. And thanks to those who already are and keeping this endeavor going. Just visit my website, spiritualawakeningradio.com and you can have access to various things, read various articles, listen to other podcasts, earlier shows, earlier podcasts in this series. Back to the Syriac mystics. This is from St. Isaac of Nineveh. The purpose of prayer is for us to acquire love for God. For in prayer can be discovered all sorts of reasons for loving God. Love of God proceeds from conversing with Him. This conversation of prayer comes about through stillness. And stillness comes with the stripping away of the self. Do you wish to commune with God in your mind? Strive to be compassionate. One should first of all begin to be merciful in the measure that our Heavenly Father is merciful. St. Isaac of Nineveh. From a newly translated collection of writings by Sebastian Brock to be found in his wonderful spiritual classic the Syriac Fathers on Prayer and the Spiritual Life, published by Cistercian Publications. This is a reading from the teachings of Sylvanus from the Nag Hammadi Library. When you entered into a bodily birth, you were begotten. Come into being inside the bridal chamber another term for the Holy of Holies or the innermost part of the temple of your soul. Come into being inside the bridal chamber. Be illumined in mind and understand by this that he who is in the darkness will not be able to see anything unless he receives the light and recovers his sight by means of it. Examine yourself to see whether you wholly have the light, so that if you ask about these things, you may understand how you will escape. 
For many are seeking in the darkness, and they grope about, wishing to understand, since there is no light for them. My son, do not allow your mind to stare downward, but rather let it look up by means of the light at things above, for the light will always come from above. Even if the mind is upon the earth, let it seek to pursue the things above. Enlighten your mind with the light of heaven, so that you may turn to the light of heaven. An amazing passage that reminds me of a saying of the resurrected Christ preserved in a book called The Book of Faith Wisdom, or Pistis Sophia. Seek the light, all of you, so that the power of your souls which is within you may live. John Reisbroek, from his great spiritual classic known as the Spiritual Espousals, once said, This is the way that surpasses all others and by which one reaches a divine contemplation and a vision that is unceasing while one is transformed in the divine light and is completely penetrated by it. And of course, the specific details of spiritual practice whereby we may gaze into the darkness but find the light and contemplate it, that is received by sitting at the feet of a living teacher who will impart that kind of instruction about contemplative meditation practice. Thanks for joining me today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. Once again, my email address is james at spiritualawakeningradio.com. My website is spiritualawakeningradio.com. Tune in again next week at the same time for another edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio. Mm -hmm.